Kane Review Print Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times podcast, recorded at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Q in Review, that is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at qnreview.com. That is I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M. Or by calling 0141 772 That's 0141 772 This is from the Glasgow Times on Thursday the 30th of November 2023 from the Lifestyle section. Meet the Glasgow taxi drivers who started walking football. This exclusive article is written by Taylor Murray. A number of Glasgow taxi drivers have spoken about the positive impact walking football has had on their health since they started. Around a dozen of the city's cab drivers started getting together to start a weekly class, which would not only help their physical health, but their mental health too. The walking football games take place at the Park Villa Hub in Govan every Monday from 7pm, with around 30 people attending, and see a mix of taxi drivers, family and friends getting involved after starting nearly six months ago. The two people behind helping create the sessions are Jim Buchanan and Stephen Lally, who are cab drivers in Glasgow. Their aim was to make an evening that people could look forward to every week and get out of the house, as well as make a friendly atmosphere that people could enjoy. Jim said, We wanted to start something that people could have an eye on every week. Taxi driving can be stressful at times, so having something like this does help people release some of that. It also helps some of us keep active, because all day we are sitting down, so it does have a great effect in that sense of making us move about more. Stephen added, The camaraderie between everyone is brilliant, and that is a big reason why we do it. It has undoubtedly been a massive boost to many of the boys' mental health as you can see their smile when they're playing. The rules of walking football ensure that it is friendly for people of all ages as running and tackling are forbidden. It aims to get as many people involved with the aim of joining a league coming in the future with kits already sponsored by Glasgow Taxes Limited. One of the people who have been attending for the last few months is Harry Laurie, 70, who described the Monday nights as a new lease of life for him. Harry, who is a taxi driver in Glasgow, explained that getting to kick a football about again made him feel like he was 24 again and take him back to his younger days in his mind. He said, It's great to mix with the boys and at 70 years of age you don't think that you'll kick a ball again. You still think that you were a young boy when you were playing, running when you shouldn't be. Walking football gets you out, gets you moving, and the good banter with the boys is amazing. You don't believe the feeling when you have a ball at your feet. I played five asides until I was 51, 
and then I just stopped everything after that. But when walking football came up, I said, I'm going to try that, and it is the best decision I've made. That article was written by Taylor Murray. This is from the Glasgow Times on Thursday the 30th of November 2023 from the Lifestyle section. New CADA Community Hub reopens in Glasgow. This article is written by Marissa McWhirter. A community hub in North Glasgow is now open after a festive celebration. The CADA Community Hub reopened on Wednesday with a new name and a fresh community focus in connection with city charity Kindness Street Team, which will now run the hub. To mark the opening, residents gathered for an early festive party. Working together with CADA Housing Association, which owns the hub, organisers had a Winter Wonderland event featuring Santa, real reindeer, festive choir, sing aloud, and fun and games galore for all the family. The hub teased that big things are planned for the space to bring the CADA community closer together. Performing the opening ceremony for the hub was 97-year-old Chris Lee. Believed to be CADA's longest-standing tenant, Chris has lived in the area for a remarkable 68 years. Joining him in cutting the ribbon to declare the hub open was Molly Henderson, 10, who won an art competition organised by CADA Housing Association. A spokesperson for CADA Housing said the collaboration with Kindness Glasgow would bring huge benefits to the revitalised community hub. So far, a new cafe called A Little Cup of Kindness is opened, in addition to a gym, boxing classes, dance classes and keep fit classes. Pamela Milne, chief executive of CADA Housing Association, said the opening of the CADA Community Hub is the culmination of a listening process whereby we engaged with residents over many months to establish what they would want from this facility. What came back was a desire to see the hub play a full part in the life of this vibrant community, bringing people together and operating at the heart of our neighbourhood. We are delighted to be working so closely with Kindness, whose inspiring work in our communities is an example to us all. Laura McSorley, Kindness Chairperson, added, Our winter event for all the family was a great success and attracted many families. We aim to host many community activities, such as low-cost cooking classes, computer literacy and health and well-being events. We are also in the process of organising a Christmas party for all 81 children from the local nursery in Cadder to ensure every child can take part in festive activities, even in tough times. There are exciting days ahead for the Cadder Community Hub and we want as many people as possible to use its facilities and get involved. It's just the beginning of an exciting journey ahead. That article was written by Marissa McQuirter. This is from the Glasgow Times on Thursday the 30th of November 2023 from the Lifestyle section. Scott's shop in Bridge of Weir to close after 142 years. This article is written by Ben Waddle. 
a family-run business in Bridge of Weir, has revealed it will be closing its doors after 142 years in the new year. We previously reported in October that the local store revealed they would be selling up. The much-loved business originally hoped it would continue to trade as a hardware store under new management and ownership. However, after 142 years of serving the community, the owners announced that they have been unable to secure a viable offer to sell up. Delivering the devastating news, the handy shop revealed it means they will cease trading in early 2024. Announcing the closure, Gibbs Stewart Home Hardware, Bridge of Weir, took to social media to say, Most regrettably, up until now, we have been unable to secure a viable offer to sell the business as a going concern. Unfortunately, this means that the hardware store will cease trading early in the new year. We would like to thank all of you for allowing us to be part of this community. This decision has not been easy, least of all on our wonderful, loyal staff. Please note the closure of W. Gibbs Stewart Limited trading as Gibbs Stewart's Home Hardware, is not linked to any of the other members' shops in the Home Hardware Scotland group, including the Home Hardware Direct website. These are separately managed businesses. Gutted punters of the store flocked to the comments of the post to share their sadness. One said, So sorry to know the business will cease trading after so many years of remarkable service. You will all be very sadly missed. Another added, My favourite shop in the village. Very sad to hear this. Meanwhile, a third chimed, The village won't be the same without you. That article was written by Ben Waddle. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 1st of December, from the news section, First Bus Glasgow announces free New Year's Eve night buses. Article by Esther Tarnay. A Glasgow bus operator has announced free night buses for Hogmanay. First bus will run several services on Friday and Saturday until 3am on Monday, January the 1st to make sure partygoers get home safe. This will be offered across the N2, N18, N240 and N267. The routes are Service N2 East, Socky Hall Street, Central Station, Renfield Street, Parkhead, Shettleston, Bailiston, Easter House. Service N18, Socky Hall Street, Central Station, Union Street, Rutherglen, East Kilbride, Green Hills. Service N240, Socky Hall Street, Central Station, Renfield Street, Parkhead, Toll Cross, View Park, Bells Hill, Motherwell, Wishaw, Coltness, Clareland. Service N267, Socky Hall Street, Central Station, Union Street, New Gorbals, Rutherglen, Cambus Lang, Hamilton, Hill House, Graham McFarlane, 
commercial director for First Bus Scotland said, Hogmanay is one of the biggest celebratory nights of the year and we are delighted to offer free travel on her night bus services across Glasgow in the early hours of the 1st of January to help people get home safely while not having to worry about putting their hand in their pocket. The full timetable is available at news-scot.firstbus.co.uk That's N-E-W-S hyphen S-C-O-T dot F-I-R-S-T-B-U-S dot C-O dot U-K And that article was by Esther Tarnay. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 1st of December, from the news section, Young girl assaulted after being approached by man in Paisley. Article by Ben Model. Cops have launched an investigation after a young girl was reportedly assaulted on a busy street in Paisley. It comes after a woman warned others in a social media post about an older man grabbing a young girl near a bus stop in the town on Thursday night. Following that, they claimed the man then started touching other people on a bus. Officers say they received a report of the incident, which took place in Gauze Street this morning. An investigation is ongoing. A spokesperson for Police Scotland said, Around 8.05am on Friday, December the 1st, officers received a report of a female assaulted in Gauze Street, Paisley. Inquiries are ongoing. In that article, it's by Ben Waddle. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 2nd of December, from the news section, Archives, Creation of Glasgow and the Clyde Didn't Happen Overnight, by Dr Irene O'Brien of Glasgow City Archives. The project to make Glasgow and the Clyde began with various schemes to deepen the river. This was followed by ambitious plans to develop dock facilities to deal with the resulting increase in trade. The first successful project to deepen the Clyde was by John Goldborn, commissioned in 1775 and completed in 1781. Further alterations were made in 1800, 1840 and 1876. This led to a rapid increase in Glasgow's trade. To cope with this rise, Glasgow introduced the Clyde Navigation Act 1840, which enabled the city to establish much-needed harbour facilities. The Act forced industry to move down the river, leaving the area alongside the east of the River Kelvin to be developed as docks. Until 1858, the development of the Clyde was the responsibility of the Town Council of Glasgow through its River Improvement Trust. In 1856, a new Clyde Navigation Act established the Clyde Navigation Trust. Its main task was to provide dock accommodation for ships using the Port of Glasgow. The Council was represented on the new body. In 1858, there was only one small private dock belonging to Todd McGregor on the upper reaches of the Clyde. The success of this dock and the need for more berths encouraged the trustees to build more accommodation. The trust established quays at Mavis Bank and Plantation on the South Bank and at Finiston and Stobcross in the North Side and tidal basins were constructed at Finiston and Stobcross on the North Bank and more were constructed at Kingston Dock in 1867, the Queen's Dock in 1877 and the Prince's Dock in 1897. The land used for Prince's Dock initially called Cessnot Dock, lay between the south side of the river and Govan Road. 
The area had previously been used as a market garden. This required the trust to buy the land on the south side of the river. It purchased the estates of Cessnock, Middleton, Bankton and Hawhead to the east of Govan and south of Plantation Quay. These were bought in by small lot, a small lots of individual trustees, avoiding higher prices as it came in the market. When the purchase of the 100-acre site was almost complete, the trustees sold the land to the trust. The main opposition was the borough of Govan. This was not in the building of the docks. Its objection was to the diversion of Renfrew Road, an important route to Renfrew, Port Glasgow and Greenock. It was also the main link between Glasgow, the shipyards and the other industries of Govan. The trustees planned to divert Renfrew Road by building a new road, taking this road across the entrance of the number 2 dock by two swing bridges. The tramways company also raised various objections to the swing bridges. This included greater tear and wear on the rolling stock and the danger of foot passengers, particularly the young, falling into the water. It said, On Saturdays especially, there is a perfect exodus of the young and boisterous classes of shipbuilding operatives from Govan to the various places of amusement in the city, and goodly proportion of these may be always be returning at late hours under the influence of liquor, many of them quite incapable of taking proper precautions for their own safety. The dock was completed in 1897, when it was renamed Prince's Dock in honour of the Duke of York, who performed the opening ceremony. It was equipped with the latest technology, including a 130-ton steam crane, one of the largest in the world. Erected in 1895, it was used to fit engines and boilers in newly built ships. In the interwar period of 1919-1939, to the volume of world trade grew very slowly, and trade in Glasgow Harbour declined markedly from 1960. Its docks became derelict and began to close. In 1971, the main quays at Prince's Dock closed. Its basins were filled with rubble from a variety of sources, including demolished Victoria tenements, St Enoch Station and Hotel, and Cathcart Castle. In 1983, the Prince's Dock was sold by the Clyde Port Authority to Lang Homes for the development of residential accommodation. It was leased by the company to the Scottish Development Agency for the Garden Festival, held in 1988. The theme of the festival was A Day Out of This World. And that article was written by Dr Irene O'Brien of Glasgow City Archives. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 2nd of December, from the news section, CCTV to target fly tipping to be set up in Glasgow streets by Sarah Hilly, local democracy reporter. A total of £19,000 is to be spent on new CCTV cameras in the Govan Hill area with council funding. The cameras will be used to keep an eye on streets to crack down on antisocial behaviour, fly tipping and drug dealing. The Southside Central Area Partnership signed off the cash for the equipment at a meeting on Tuesday from the council's Neighbourhood Infrastructure Fund. The meeting heard £6,000 will go towards two camera domes for Westmoreland Street, which will help to monitor fly-tipping hotspot Kingarth Lane. There are to be cameras added to Bank Hall Street as well as Boyd Street. A council official said the cameras have the ability to point into different roads and can be moved. The meeting heard the total cost will be approximately £19,000 and the CCTV will aim to help with monitoring antisocial behaviour drug issues and fly-tipping. 
Police Scotland Inspector Ian Scott said he backed the installation of the CCTV. Councillor Surya Sadiq, Labour, said they are good proposals and praised partnership work leading to the decision. And that article was written by Sarah Hilly. From the Glasgow Times, Saturday the 2nd of December, from the news section, Glasgow man attacked his mum and dad in their own home. Article by Lauren Brownlee. A man attacked his mum and dad in their own home after an argument. David Roberts' parents were in their property in Govan Hill when he visited on the night of March the 18th last year. An argument began around 8.30pm. The 42-year-old pushed his dad and his mother attempted to intervene. He seized her by the throat and pushed her to the ground before walking over to where his dad was on the floor and began punching him. Police were contacted and attended immediately. Roberts, also of Govan Hill, was arrested. At a recent sentencing hearing at Glasgow Sheriff Court, his lawyer described his behaviour as absolutely shocking. Sheriff Patricia Price said, He's not been in trouble for 10 years. What caused this? The defence solicitor replied, Excessive alcohol use. His father has health difficulties. Sheriff Price said, That makes it even worse. The social work report says he's in complete denial and shows no empathy. With his condition, he shouldn't be drinking at all. I'm prepared to deal with this by alternative to custody. I think he'll benefit from a period of supervision. The court heard that Roberts also failed to appear at a court hearing on April 11th, 2023. Sheriff Price told him, You know this was completely unacceptable. It's your mum and dad and they're in their 60s. Although you've got a record, you've been out of trouble for a decade. He was placed under social work supervision for one year and ordered to carry out 200 hours of unpaid work. Sheriff Price added, If you don't do it, you'll end up in jail. And that article was by Lauren Brownlee. From the Glasgow Times, Friday the 2nd of December. From the news section, Exclusive. Glasgow man spat on bookie staff after losing £500 by Esther Tarnay. A Glasgow man kicked off after losing £500 at a bookie's machine. Yusuf Gashford Ismail, 28, was at Ladbrokes on West Nell Street in the city centre on February the 4th, 2020. He was spotted by staff clearly angry and shaking a machine. An employee warned him to stop or he would be asked to leave, but he continued... He also became aggressive and started shouting in a foreign language. Ismael of Shettleson was asked to leave but instead he approached the counter and began hitting the protective glass around it. He was shouting about losing £500 and told a worker I will kill you then spat through the gap in the glass. The saliva landed in the face of the staff member. Attempting to leave he went to the side door but it was locked. He came back to the front of the counter and reached to the gap of the glass. Ismail pulled over the computer monitors, grabbed a charity tin and threw it at the worker, striking him in the body. Police were called but he left by the time they arrived. Cops reviewed CCTV footage and tracked him down. He appeared at Glasgow Sheriff Court earlier this week from custody after previously pleading guilty to behaving in an abusive manner, hitting the glass and kicking a door. He also admitted to threatening to kill the employee, spitting on him and striking him in the body with the tin. 
While on bail, Ismail's lawyer said, He is a man who would benefit from assistance. Unpaid work would be beneficial in the sense that he's an isolated individual. Sheriff Owen Mullen imposed a community payback order on him, which includes 12 months of supervision and 72 hours of unpaid work. And that article was an exclusive by Esther Tarnay. From the Glasgow Times, Sunday the 3rd of December, from the news section, Johnson members of Boys Brigade raised £10,000 for Poppy Scotland. Article by Jacob Nicholl. Members of a popular youth group have raised more than £10,000 for a veterans charity. We previously reported how youngsters from 3rd Johnson Boys Brigade Company of St Andrew's Trinity Church had been busy collecting donations for Poppy Scotland. Remembrance poppies were given out at the Morrison store in Johnson to help support current and former members of the armed forces. A spokesperson for the Boys Brigade said, A fantastic total of £10,176.36 has been raised for the poppy appeal by 3rd Johnson Boys Brigade, St Andrew's Trinity Church. Also, well done to Aidan Henderson, who was awarded Johnson Poppy Appeal Volunteer of the Year 2023. And that report was by Jacob Nicholl. From the Glasgow Times, Sunday the 3rd of December, from the news section. Teen rushed to hospital after savage attack by gang of youths. Article by Marissa McWhorter. A teenager was rushed to hospital following a savage attack by a dozen youths on Saturday night. The boy, 14, was walking a dog on Erskinefold Road near a Lindwood school around 9pm when a gang of t- around 10 to 15 boys and girls carried out the violent and unprovoked attack. He was taken to the Royal Alexandra Hospital for treatment. The youth, thought to be between 13 and 15 years of age, were wearing dark clothing and one boy was armed with a baseball bat. After seriously assaulting the teen, they were last seen running off towards the direction of Clippin Road, Linwood. The fate of the dog is unknown. The force has launched a probe and is carrying out door-to-door inquiries and checking CCTV footage. Detective Constable Claire Eaton of Paisley CID said, This appears to be an unprovoked attack by a large group of youths. It is vital that we establish the full circumstances of what happened and trace those responsible. I would like to speak to anyone who was in the area around 9pm on Saturday, December the 2nd, who saw or heard anything suspicious. Similarly, Anyone with private CCTV, doorbell footage or dashcam of the area is urged to review the footage and bring anything of significance to our attention. Anyone with information should contact 101, quoting reference 3615 of December the 2nd. Alternatively, call Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 111. And that article was by Marissa McWhorter. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 4th of December. Antisocial teens in Barhead target bus company once again. An article written by Norman Sylvester. Missile-throwing yobs have struck again on a danger bus route after owners ended a controversial ban on late-night services. McGill's rerouted in and out of the Ochenbach housing estate in Barhead in late October because of violence involving local teenagers. 
The bus giant then resumed services after police carried out extra evening patrols in the local area. However, last weekend, one of its buses was targeted again when a rock was thrown through the window of the number three service as it passed along the town's main street on its way to Ochenbach from Paisley. The incident happened around 6.20 on Saturday evening and the coach, which was carrying 25 passengers at the time, was taken out of service due to the smashed glass. McGill says no one was injured in the incident and police were notified. In the previous incidents last month, several buses were ambushed by local youths throwing missiles, including bricks and stones. Windows were also smashed and the safety of drivers and passengers put at risk. A nighttime ban was ordered by Ralph Roberts, CEO of McGill's, on October the 29th. He said, We were left with no choice but to reroute our 51, 51A and 3 services over a number of nights in late October, but after discussions with Police Scotland and other local stakeholders, we made the decision to restore services within a couple of days and then monitor what happened. Unfortunately, there has been one further recent incident in Barhead, and whilst we've chosen not to amend services at this point, we will act again if required to do so to ensure the safety of our staff and passengers. These services are vital to the public, and when we're forced to withdraw or reroute, it's not a decision we take lightly. Those who are most affected are our customers, who have done nothing wrong and are penalised by the actions of a mindless minority. We continue to remain vigilant and we're keeping in close contact with police to ensure buses are able to run as they should moving forward. The services affected by the previous ban ran between 5pm and 5am each day. The ban prompted Scottish Labour MSP Paul O'Kane to write to the Scottish Government over growing antisocial behaviour in the town. Staff and customers had been threatened by children at the local ASDA and other businesses on Main Street. An article written by Norman Sylvester. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 4th of December. Campaigner threatens Renfrewshire Council with legal action. An article written by Rosie Lewis. Council officials could face legal action after they admitted making false claims about inquiries a campaigner had made about the poor state of his local cemetery. Desmond Barr leads the Friends of Hawkhead Cemetery group in Paisley and said he was banned by Renfrewshire Council from directly contacting officials, who claim he has been campaigning too much for improvements to the cemetery. Following the situation being made public, Renfrewshire Council officials wrongly told media outlets that Mr Barr had made 57 inquiries over nine days in June this year. Now the Council has issued a letter of apology to Mr Barr after acknowledging the inquiries were made over more than a year. But Mr Barr has hit back saying, I'm taking legal advice about being banned and the Council's false claims to the media in a bid to justify their outrageous attempts to silence me. Council officials wrongly claiming I had sent all those emails in only nine days has damaged my reputation and my credibility. They make me out as some kind of pest who was bombarding them with emails and this plainly wasn't the case. 
one of the founding members of the Friends of Hawkhead. Mr Barr had been told by the council's head of operations and service development, Gavin Hutton, that he was directing him to refrain from copying offices in any future correspondence and instead should send emails to a generic council mailbox. Mr Barr was also told that officials he contacts directly would no longer respond to his inquiries. These were about moss and weeds on the Hawkhead Cemetery path, the grass-cutting schedule, equipment trials at the cemetery and the council policy on headstone inspection and the headstones being laid flat on the ground by council staff. The apology letter from the council states... It appears that unfortunately, when providing background to the media queries we received following the Friends of Hawkhead Cemetery press release, the incorrect period was applied to the correspondence and should have been 57 queries between the period of 17th of June 2022 and the 26th of June 2023. I'd like to apologise for this error and we are this morning contacting those journalists who had made contact to clarify this point. And where that guidance has been reported, we've asked for a correction. Mr Barr added, All I've been trying as chairperson of the Friends of Hawkhead group is representing the concerns of the families of people who are buried there and trying to get the council to properly maintain the cemetery. I've said many times before that if the council would only do what is right and keep the cemetery in a proper state of maintenance and repair, then I wouldn't need to contact them. An article written by Rosie Lewis. Glasgow Times, on Monday the 4th of December. Lifestyle. Dionne Warwick announces show at Glasgow Royal Concert Hall. An article written by Morgan Carmichael. A legendary singer will be heading to Glasgow on her UK tour next year. Dionne Warwick will be playing at the Royal Concert Hall on May the 9th as part of her Don't Make Me Over tour. The show will see the walk-on-by singer perform her biggest tunes like I Say a Little Prayer and Do You Know the Way to San Jose. She will also be joined on stage by interviewer Dave Woolley, who created Dion's award-winning documentary Don't Make Me Over. Speaking on the upcoming tour, Dion said, I'm so thrilled to be coming back to the UK and bringing a brand new show to my fans. I'll be sharing stories and personal anecdotes from my life, along with footage from my recent documentary, Don't Make Me Over. And of course, I'll be singing some of my favourite songs from my career. The new dates came after Dion cancelled her Glasgow show last year, as per doctor's orders. Tickets for the upcoming show will go on sale on Friday, December the 8th. They can be purchased online from www.ticketmaster.co. UK. An article written by Morgan Carmichael. Glasgow Times News on Monday, the 4th of December. Man walks from France to Spain after health battles. An article written by Rebecca Newlands. A Glasgow man walked from France to Spain after both he and his wife both battled cancer. Graham Reed was diagnosed with lymphoma just six months after his wife Jane learned she had bowel cancer. After they were both treated by the Beetson Centre, Graham wanted to give something back to those who helped him as well as take on a huge challenge. 
To raise funds for the Beetson, the insurance industry worker decided to embark on the Camino de Santiago trek, a mighty pilgrimage from the French Pyrenees to the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela in Galicia in Spain. The 72-year-old said, My fascination with the Camino de Santiago trek started 12 years ago. Sister Margareta from the Schoenstatt Sisters of Mary, who are based in Lennoxton near Glasgow and were clients of mine, told me that the 100-mile West Highland Way walk from Glasgow to Fort William, which I completed, was chicken feed in comparison to the Camino de Santiago. Her comment niggled away at me over the years, and I thought I'd better give it a go before I got any older. Graham flew to Paris in September and started walking the 775-kilometre trek over a 45-day period, walking through major cities and across difficult terrain, and staying at 40 hotels during his journey. He would walk between 15 and 20 miles per day, depending on the conditions, and made sure to treat himself to a few beers at the end of a long day of trekking. With a Just Giving page, Graham raised £6,000, and this was matched by his employer T.L. Dallas, taking the total to an incredible £12,000. He added, I don't like asking people for money, but my colleague Lorraine Scott created a Just Giving page, and I'm very grateful to her and to all of those family members, friends, colleagues, clients and business associates who have been so generous. We've raised just over £6,000 for Beetson Cancer and TL Dallas match-funded that amount, so a further £6,000 will go to the firm's Charitable Trust, which helps many other fabulous charities across the country. Reflecting on his unique experience, Graham enjoyed it so much he is already planning the next challenge. He said, Even though I walked alone, I met some fascinating people along the way, lots of Americans and Europeans, all with interesting tales to tell. Each night I enjoyed what was called a pilgrim's meal. The food was fantastic and great value at around 15 to 20 euros for a three-course meal and a bottle of wine. No day was ever the same, and I was lucky not to have any injuries, just tired legs and feet. I completed the walk at the end of October and would highly recommend it so much so that I plan to go back and complete a final section known as the Camino Finisterre, which is a 90-kilometre trail from Santiago to Finisterre on the western coast of Spain in spring. This will take me to what pilgrims believed was the end of the world, which is the furthest west point on mainland Europe. An article written by Rebecca Newlands. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 4th of December. Historic Buildings to Get Facelift An article written by Jacob Nicol Historic buildings across Renfrewshire villages are set for a makeover as new maintenance and repair grants are launched. Renfrewshire Council has invested £250,000 in establishing the Historic Buildings in Villages grants. There are three grants available to help owners maintain and repair their village buildings built before 1945 to the appropriate conservation and heritage standard. Maintenance planning grants will support owners to commission a conservation-accredited advisor to survey their property and prepare a costed maintenance plan covering 80% of eligible costs up to £1,500. 
There are also two repair grants, a small repairs grant covering up to 60% of eligible costs for repairs between £3,000 and £8,000, and a standard repairs grant, up to 50% of eligible costs for repairs more than £8,000, up to a maximum award of £25,000. Councillor Andy Steele, convener of Renfrewshire Council's Economy and Regeneration Policy Board, said... Renfrewshire villages are packed with historic buildings, including many within designated conservation areas and hundreds with listed status. Historic buildings tend to have stone walls and slate roofs, which can make them harder to heat and more difficult to keep wind and water tight. We know that many of these historic village properties are people's privately owned homes, and often buildings are in shared ownership. Our grant scheme will support individual and shared owners to consider and prioritise the maintenance needed and help towards the repair costs to preserve them. The new scheme is open across 11 villages – Bishopton, Bridge of Weir, Brookfield, Crosslea, Eldersley, Houston, Howwood, Inchinnan, Kilbachan, Langbank and Lochwinach. Priority is being given to properties in village centres and applications from owners within the four designated conservation areas of Bridge of Weir, Houston, Kilbachan and Lochwinach. The scheme will also focus on listed buildings, those at risk, and consider whether the property is occupied or has a long-term sustainable function. Applications to the Maintenance Planning Grant are open until January 29th, 2024, while the Small and Standard Repair Grants close on March 25th, 2024. This new grant scheme builds on a highly successful seven-year Townscape Heritage and Conservation Area Regeneration Scheme in Paisley Town Centre, which saw ten extensive building repair projects and delivered education and training to 2,600 people. It also adds to more than £620,000 committed through Renfrewshire Villages Investment Fund, which has supported 62 community groups so far. This includes funding to enhance woodlands, establish plant and flower areas, create outdoor gyms and play parks, design murals and fund community festivals and events. Councillor Steele added, We want everyone to be proud of where they live, and are committed to doing all we can to support community groups to deliver projects that matter most to them. These new grants are the latest investment in our villages, and by helping to preserve these historic buildings, it will enhance how they look and strengthen the character, identity and heritage of our village communities. An article written by Jacob Nicholl. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 4th of December. Mum suing construction firm after boy's death. An article written by Rebecca Newlands. A Glasgow mum is suing a construction firm after her son fell to his death on their building site. Shay Ryan climbed down a ladder inside the hall at a construction site near his Drumchapel home, which he managed to get to through an insecure fence. He had been playing in a nearby park with friends and told them he wanted to go down. The ten-year-old slipped and fell into the water below the ladder and died from a head injury by drowning on July 16th, 2020. Contractor RJ McLeod was responsible for the construction site where the incident happened. 
Now his heartbroken mum, Joanne Ferguson, is understood to be seeking a six-figure compensation sum, reports the Scottish Sun. Law firm Digby Brown confirmed that a case had been launched at the Court of Session in Edinburgh. We previously reported that the contractor, RJ McLeod, pleaded guilty to failing to ensure people not in their employment were not exposed to risks to their health and safety. They were fined £860,000. Speaking via Digby Brown after the court proceedings in April, Joanne said, I'm glad RJ McLeod finally admitted guilt. My son is not here and that destroys me every day. That totally avoidable accident has ruined my life and my children's lives. I don't even feel human anymore at times because of the grief. Little Shay is missed every second of every day and his family and friends will always love and miss him. An article written by Rebecca Newlands. Glasgow Times News on Monday the 4th of December. Police fined £500,000 worth of cannabis after a car stopped. An article written by Kirsty Fierick. Police found herbal cannabis worth £500,000 after pulling over a car on the M74. Officers arrested and charged a man in connection with the discovery, which happened between July and September this year. It comes as new Police Scotland figures show that millions of pounds worth of illegal drugs were seized during this time period. This included officers uncovering two large-scale cannabis farms in Glasgow and in Livingston. The plants had a combined value of between £80,000 and £600,000. A man has been arrested and charged in connection with the offence. The Quarter 2 2023-2024 Performance Report details activity by officers across the country, which saw cocaine, heroin and cannabis, as well as quantities of cash being recovered. A number of arrests were also made. Detective Chief Superintendent Dave Ferry said, Police Scotland is committed to disrupting the activities of organised criminals who trade in misery by selling and supplying illegal drugs and making Scotland a hostile environment for them to operate. Our role, working in partnership with others, including the members of the country's Serious Organised Crime Task Force, is vital in preventing these drugs reaching our streets and adding to the terrible toll of drug deaths. Activity detailed in the latest performance report underlines our commitment to reducing the harm caused to individuals, families and communities. The seizures will impact the activities of those involved and help keep our communities safe. An article written by Kirsty Fierick. This is an article from the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of December, from the news section. Annie Wells, SNP have not used devolution powers well by Annie Wells. The 25th anniversary of the Scottish Parliament, which will fall in just a few months' time, ought to be a moment for celebration. Instead, it is more likely Holyrood will just have marked the most unproductive and scandal-riddled period in its brief history. Much of the end-of-year attention, as we come into Christmas, will undoubtedly be on the internal difficulties being experienced by Scotland's governing party. And there's no question the SNP have had a terrible time of it, from high-profile resignations and arrests to accounting woes and membership exodus. But in 
that scrutiny, we shouldn't forget how badly the people and businesses of Glasgow suffer when the dominant administration falls into chaos. By May, two and a half decades after Holyrood's first meeting, the SNP will have been in charge for 17 years. And while numerous shortcomings have gradually racked up in that time, 2023 has been the year where the nationalist era has properly looked like it's coming to an end. As you walk across Glasgow, these short, medium and long-term failures of government are all too apparent. The city's SNP administration insisted on being first out of the blocks in implementing the controversial Low Emission Zone, or LEZ. It's a policy which discriminates aggressively against those who cannot afford a new car and are therefore excluded from driving into our city centre. They've been forced to remain on the fringes or expected to rely on an ever-declining public transport system. The scheme has hit plenty of hard-working motorists in the pocket and has riled businesses who are understandably worried about a drop in footfall. In more recent years, we've also witnessed the impact of local government funding cuts. Litter constantly gathers in once-proud city spaces. Graffiti goes uncleaned from walls and doors, and even refuse collectors are wary about attending some areas because of the vermin which has been allowed to breed out of control. And then there's a longer-term neglect of an SNP government which has been distracted by things that really just aren't that important. While it pursues an obsessive campaign to break up the UK, key areas of devolved responsibility have been left to rot. No one who has a loved one in hospital can be happy with the current state of the NHS in the city. The scandal hit Queen Elizabeth University Hospital was meant to be a flagship hospital fit for the 21st century. Instead, it has been beset by scandal and the performance in relation to waiting times and delayed discharge isn't much better. Crime is up again as ministers seek to impose further cuts to police and barely a week goes by when another strike at a city school, a hugely disruptive process for pupils who have already missed out on so much, isn't threatened because of poor pay and bad conditions, not to mention spiralling violence endured by kids and teachers. So much could have been achieved in these last 25 years of devolution. So much could have been done with serious powers over health, education, justice and the economy. So many could be better off if only the Scottish Government had focused on the things that really matter. But none of it has happened and Glaswegians can testify better than anyone that as far as this silver anniversary goes, there is little to celebrate. That is an article Annie Wells, SNP, have not used devolution powers well by Annie Wells. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of December, from the news section. Energy bills. Do devices on standby use electric? By Joshua Searle. As the energy price cap is set to increase once again in January, Brits are being warned that leaving appliances on standby could be adding to their rising energy bills. 
Energy bills will increase by £94 for millions of households across the UK from next month, Ofgem announced in November. The price cap will rise from £1,834 per year to £1,928 a year from the new year. The increase has been driven almost entirely by rising costs in the international wholesale energy market due to market instability and global events, particularly the conflict in Ukraine. The cap does not set the maximum a household will pay for their energy, but limits the amount providers can charge them per unit of gas or electricity. So those who use more energy will pay more. The £1,928 figure is based on Ofgem's estimate of what an average household would use over a year. Leaving a device plugged in and switched on at the mains will use electricity, even if the device itself isn't in use. Lights. Leaving a light on overnight could be adding up to £23 to your annual energy bills. Mr Goodman said an estimated 4.7 million homes are losing out on money as a result of leaving lights on when they're not needed. Installing dimmer switches for your main lights and replacing your current bulbs with energy-efficient options are good ways to cut back on your energy use. TVs. Research shows that 98% of households across the UK admit to leaving their TV on standby at all times rather than switching them off at the plug. This could increase your energy bill by £30 over the course of a year. Speakers. Leaving speakers on standby throughout the day results in 90 watts of wasted energy per day. This adds up to an annual cost of £6 per year for not switching speakers off at the plug. Chargers. Many will charge laptops, phones or tablets overnight, but leaving them on charge for longer than necessary can waste a lot of energy. Unplugging chargers once the device is fully charged could save you money, with Mr Goodman estimating UK consumers waste more than £28 million per year by overcharging their gadgets. Games consoles. Leaving games consoles on when they aren't in use is costing households more than £22 per year. Microwaves. Switching off your microwave at the wall could save you £5 per year. It's not a device many of us think about leaving on, but microwaves use an estimated 28 watts of energy per day while sat on standby. This was an article called Energy Bills, Do Devices on Standby Use Electric? by Joshua Searle. From the Glasgow Times, Tuesday the 5th of December, from the news section. Scott Rail announces huge Glasgow changes before Christmas, by Esther Tarnay. Scott Rail has announced several changes affecting Glasgow just before Christmas. The company will introduce a timetable change on Sunday, December the 10th. This includes the introduction of the modern class 380 electric trains on local services between Barhead and Glasgow Central. A new hourly service will also begin operating on the Cathcart Circle throughout the day, Monday to Saturday.
This improvement will nearly double the number of services calling at Langside, Pollock Shaws East, Shawlands, Maxwell Park and Pollock Shields West. Also, 18 additional limited stop services will be introduced on the route between Glasgow and Edinburgh via shops between Mondays and Saturdays. New half-hourly trains will also start running between Gourick and Glasgow every Sunday. Additionally, um, will also be added to services between Glasgow, Queen Street and Aberdeen. David Simpson, ScotRail Service Delivery Director, said, Our December timetable change represents another step in our ongoing commitment to deliver the best service we can and encourage more people to choose rail travel instead of using the car, particularly during our off-peak all-day fares trial. From the introduction of electric trains to increased frequency on key routes and enhanced service reliability, we are dedicated to making Scotland's railway more accessible and efficient. There is a lot of ongoing investment in our network, with decarbonisation continuing and improvements across the network. This new timetable is an important part of that. We're asking all of our customers to make sure they check their journeys before they try to travel as train times may have changed. This is an article called Scott Rail Announces Huge Glasgow Changes Before Christmas by Esther Tarnay. This is from the Glasgow Times on Tuesday the 5th of December 2023 from the Lifestyle section. Glasgow Cafe closing after two and a half years. This article is written by Rebecca Newlands. A Glasgow cafe has announced it is closing for good after two and a half years. Lost World Coffee Company opened in 2021 on Great Western Road, serving a range of items such as bagels, sandwiches, salads and cakes. Now the team has revealed that December the 17th will be their last day of trading as they prepare to say goodbye to their beloved customers. The team said, We'd like to thank you for an absolutely incredible two and a half years at Lost World. December the 17th will be our last day open for business before we close for good. We have loved serving you bagels and coffee, meeting your dogs, catering your events and getting to know you. We will be sad to say goodbye. Thank you for supporting our small business and importantly to each and every one of our wonderful staff whose friendly faces so many of you have come to know. Customers sent their best wishes, with one person saying, Gutted, best bagels in the West End. Another added, So sorry to hear of this. Lost World Coffee Company has been a great journey for you and the great customers who come in each day. That article was written by Rebecca Newlands. This is from the Glasgow Times on Tuesday the 5th of December 2023 from the Opinion section. Agony Aunt, Ask Janice I'm not sure if I want to be a stepdad to three children. This is written by Janice Bell. Dear Janice, I met a stunning girl recently and we have been on a couple of dates since and have had a brilliant time. 
The thing that's troubling me is that she is twenty-eight years old and has three children by three different dads. I realise that if our relationship grew, I would no doubt meet her children and eventually be part of their lives. But the idea of being a stepdad to three kids overwhelms me. I know my parents would be horrified, but I do like her and I want to see her again. Am I getting ahead of the game? I also wonder why her previous relationships never worked out. I don't know what's best for everyone's sake. Continue to see her or end it. James Janice replies, Dear James, you are right to be overwhelmed because being a stepdad to three children is a massive undertaking. They may have dads who see them regularly, which should free up time for their mum to spend with you. But to be honest, the logistics of that working out flawlessly are pretty slim. Are all three dads going to be available on the same weekend? Ideal if it happens, but if I'm honest, all I can foresee is endless grief. Mums and dads do come as a package with their children, and that is how it should be, but blended family life is rarely plain sailing. I'm not questioning this girl's morals, and she may be a fantastic mother, but three children with different dads when she isn't even 30 yet poses a few questions. You're not getting ahead of the game, just being realistic. But what this really boils down to is the kind of life you see for yourself. A stepdad to three children, and possibly one of your own, or a simpler life which is thought out, planned, easier on the finances and less pressure. I'd say it's a no-brainer. And here's another question for Janice. Dear Janice, my partner of eight months explained to me in a very nice manner that he loves me but needs space for a period of time. He says his head is not in the right place at the moment and that although we are not breaking up, he needs time to himself. I don't know why I'm being put on the back burner, but I agreed as I love him and don't want to be on my own. Jean Janice replies, Dear Jean, when someone tells you they need space, believe them, but listen carefully and understand what he is really saying. Nobody, and I mean nobody, who is madly in love with someone ever needs space. In fact, it's the opposite. They don't want to be away from you at all. Don't hang on in the background until his head is in the right place, because by then, yours won't be. Be brave. Move on and find a loving guy who won't want to let you out of his sight. Have you got a question for our agony aunt? Email askjanice at glasgotimes.co.uk And that piece was written by Janice Bell. This is from the Glasgow Times on Tuesday the 5th of December 2023 from the Opinion section. Mental Health Moratorium Needs an Urgent Rethink This article is written by Mike Daly. Last month, the Scottish Government published its Mental Health Moratorium, MHM, consultation paper. The MHM is the flagship initiative in the Government's Bankruptcy and Diligence Scotland Bill. 
The consultation was published on November the 13th, no doubt in response to the widespread criticism that the bill contained nothing about how it would work to help those in debt with poor mental health. The practice of bills containing an empty shell with no detail on how legislation will operate isn't new. This tactic allows ministers to formulate their policy at a later date, through regulations. The difficulty is no one can scrutinise a hollow framework, and it's hardly democratic or good governance for the Parliament to write blank cheques on law reform. If the consultation document gives us a look at the MHM's engine, it's sad to say it looks like a hairdryer sellotaped to a bicycle. Basically, the MHM is a longer version of the existing six-month debt moratorium that everyone can currently use. To be eligible for an MHM, a person would need to be in debt and receiving compulsory mental health treatment, hospital detention or a compulsory treatment or compulsion order. It's acknowledged this requirement will limit uptake. The Scottish Government accepts that this means eligibility will at least initially be very limited. This has several advantages. It allows the scheme to start small and ensure it is on sound footing before considering whether it might then be expanded. Claiming a minimal take-up is an advantage is patent nonsense. The Mental Welfare Commission for Scotland confirmed that for 2022-23 to there were 6,713 detentions. Step Change estimates there are 700,000 people with problem debt in Scotland. For the general population, the accountant in bankruptcy's latest statistics show there were 3,268 debt moratoria granted in 2022-23 to and 4,947 new debt payment plans under debt arrangement scheme. Why a big fanfare for an MHM that will help so few people by design? And why won't it start until April 2025 or later? The proposed MHM is a weaker version of the mental health breathing space measure in England. It won't halt evictions or repossessions, so people will still need legal help even if they have an MHM. There are other areas of concern, including the suggestion that a person's name will appear on a public register, effectively disclosing they are subject to compulsory mental health treatment. This might deter people from using the MHM or cause anxiety knowing that their mental health treatment has been publicly made available. Alan McIntosh is a money advisor at AdviceScotland.com. He's concerned with the proposal for the MHM application process to be initiated by a mental health professional. A medical practitioner is unlikely to have knowledge of debt and money advice or comprehensive details of a patient's financial circumstances. Might the MHM be used inappropriately and result in more harm than good? He suggests an alternative approach. A simpler solution may be, if the new moratorium will not include any significant increased protection, to use the model used during the COVID-19 lockdown, 
which was to allow someone to use more than one standard moratorium in a 12-month period. If this could be allowed where someone is experiencing severe mental health problems, this would be a simpler process and one that is already trusted and tested. That article was written by Mike Daly. This is from the Glasgow Times on Wednesday the 6th of December 2023 from the Lifestyle section. Beaverbrooks will not open its 87 stores on Boxing Day. This article is written by Rebecca Newlands. A major national retailer confirmed it will not open on Boxing Day to give staff more time with their families and are urging other retailers to follow suit. Family-run diamond, jewellery and watch firm Beaverbrooks will continue its long-standing tradition of not opening its 87 stores on December the 26th. It is a way of extending their thanks to their hard-working colleagues as well as gifting them an extra week's salary in December. The jeweller has stores across the city and beyond at Glasgow Fort, Silverburn and Bray Head. Managing Director Anna Blackburn said, We have never opened on Boxing Day and we will continue the tradition this year across our 87 stores once again. As a business run on strong family values, we want to give our amazing colleagues more well-earned time to spend with their friends and family after our peak Christmas period, something that has been and always will be incredibly important to us. Though retail has been facing more challenges than ever, with rising costs and the impact of changing economy on sales, we have made sure we put our teams across the UK at the heart of all decisions. Not opening our stores on Boxing Day is something we know our colleagues value greatly and we feel passionate about continuing this tradition. Hopefully, we can inspire other businesses to follow in our footsteps to thank the hard-working people employed in retail during the UK's busiest season. That article was written by Rebecca Newlands. This is from the Glasgow Times on Wednesday the 6th of December 2023 from the Lifestyles section. Young Glasgow musicians perform on stage with RSNO. This article is written by Nicole Mitchell. Young people from a music and social change programme have taken part in a unique concert alongside the world-renowned Royal Scottish National Orchestra, RSNO. A total of 86 young musicians and singers from Big Noise Govanhill performed alongside the orchestra at Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall on Saturday, December the 2nd, with concertgoers being treated to a special rendition of original track We Make a Big Noise. The song was written as a collaboration between song leader Penny Stone, award-winning composer Shona Edkin, and the young musicians, and was performed by the Joint Symphony Orchestra and Big Noise Govanhill Choir. The lyrics of the piece came from the programme's participants and incorporate lyrics written in languages including Turkish, Hindi and Urdu. In March, Miss Stone was invited to lead a music composition workshop with the Big Strings Orchestra at Big Noise Govanhill, 
with the aim of helping the group explore their creative side and translate it into lyrics, melody and rhythm, which reflect the rich cultural diversity of Govanhill. Andy Stevenson, RSNO Director of Learning and Engagement, said, Our partnership with Sistema Scotland's Big Noise Centres is an integral part of how the RSNO engages with communities across Scotland. Welcoming the young people of Big Noise to the stage alongside our musicians and artists is an exciting experience for everyone involved. Happy 10th anniversary, Big Noise Govanhill, from all at the RSNO. We wish them many more years of bringing music to the young people of Govanhill. Big Noise is a high-quality music education and social change programme, where the symphony orchestra becomes a community which supports children and young people gain vital life skills, such as confidence, resilience, creativity and aspiration. It is delivered by the charity Sistema Scotland. David Munn, Sistema Scotland's Director of Music and Curriculum, added, The brilliant collaboration between Big Noise and RSNO was perfectly on show tonight in the performance of We Make a Big Noise, written in part by our fantastic young musicians themselves. Everyone at Sistema Scotland is immensely proud of all our young people from Govanhill that took to the stage tonight. Tonight's performance not only highlights the dedication of the orchestra in inspiring the next generation of young musicians, but also underlines the transformative impact of big noise in nurturing confidence, resilience and creativity in our communities. That article was written by Nicole Mitchell. This is from the Glasgow Times on the 6th of December 2023 from the news section. And the headline reads, Manhunt Launched After Horror Attack in Paisley. This article is by Jacob Nicol. Police are hunting thugs who attacked a man with a metal object in Paisley. The 32-year-old victim was struck on the head in County Square at around 7.50pm on Tuesday, December 5th. He was taken to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow for treatment to his injuries. Police are treating the incident as a serious assault and working to identify two men in connection with the incident. The first was on a dark coloured bicycle and wearing a light grey puffer jacket and dark trousers. The second was on foot wearing a black jacket, a luminous yellow polo shirt and dark jogging bottoms. He had short hair shaved at the sides. Detective Constable Lucy Craig said, Our inquiries into this incident are ongoing and I would urge anyone who may have witnessed the disturbance to get in touch. We'd also be keen to hear from anyone who may have dashcam or private CCTV footage from the area. Anyone with information can call 101, quoting reference 3064 of December 5th, or call Crime Stoppers anonymously on 0800 555 1. This article was by Jacob Nicol. This is from the Glasgow Times on the 6th of December 2023 from the news section and the headline reads Signs and Symptoms of Whooping Cough Sweeping Through UK. This article is by Matthew Evans. A disease called the Whooping Cough is reportedly sweeping throughout the UK at an unprecedented rate. 
Cases of the bug, also known as pertussis, have increased by 250% within a year. Between July and November, there were 716 reported cases, which is three times the number during the same period in 2022. Dr Gayathri amir from the UK HSA told The Sun that this rise was expected. They explained that social distancing and lockdown measures during the COVID-19 pandemic has significantly impacted the spread of infections, including whooping cough. As expected, we are now seeing cases of whooping cough increase again, so it's vital pregnant women ensure they get vaccinated to protect their baby. Professor Helen Bedford, an expert in childhood public health at University College London, added, Whooping cough in young babies can be very serious, and vaccinating their mothers in pregnancy is the only way of ensuring they are protected in the first few months. MP Jess Phillips recently came down with the bug. I'm in a house of sickness, coughing that sounds like a whooping cough, and listlessness as far as the eye can see. Happy winter, everyone. Whooping cough is a bacterial infection that affects the lungs and breathing tubes. It spreads easily and can sometimes cause serious problems. Vaccination against it is crucial for babies and children. The five symptoms of whooping cough are as follows. Nasal congestion, a runny nose, red watery eyes, a cough and a fever. The NHS explains that after about a week, you or your child might experience coughing fits that last for a few minutes, or worse at night and may make a whoop sound, a gasp or breath between coughs. Young babies and some adults may not whoop. After a coughing bout, the patient may struggle to breathe and could turn blue or grey, especially young infants, and they may bring up thick mucus, which can cause vomiting. If your baby is under six months old and shows symptoms of whooping cough, or if you or your child have a severe cough that is getting worse, or if you've been in contact with someone with whooping cough and you're pregnant, you should seek an urgent GP appointment or get help from NHS 111. You should also call 111 if you or your child has been in contact with someone with whooping cough and has a weakened immune system. This article was by Matthew Evans. This is from the Glasgow Times on the 6th of December 2023 from the news section and the headline reads Unions accept pay deal following strike at Scottish war. This article is by Morgan Carmichael. Union members who went on strike at Scottish Water have accepted a pay deal. Unite said its 500 strong membership at the utilities firm backed the joint deal by 98% in a consultative ballot, while GMB members voted by 95% in favour. Unison said its 1,100 Scottish Water members overwhelmingly backed the deal. Members of the three unions staged a walkout last month, but suspended a further strike planned as part of 48 days of action after the new offer was made. The pay deal involves an 8% pay rise, which also applies to all overtime, call-out and standby rates, worked since April 2023, Unite said. The union also said the working week could be cut to 35 hours without loss of pay in November next year. The controversial new grading structure at Scottish Water will now be negotiated separately from the payoff. Sharon Graham, Unite General Secretary, said Let's be clear, this deal only came about through the determination 
of our members to fight for a better deal through strike action. Unison Scotland Regional Organiser for Scottish Water, Emma Phillips, said, The ballot settles this year's pay claim. Now we go into negotiations around a new pay and grading structure. Unison are determined this will deliver fairness and transparency. Claire Greer, GMB's organiser at Scottish Water, added, This was a dispute that could have been easily avoided by management, which understood the importance of good industrial relations and the need to negotiate with unions in good faith. While Peter Farrer, Scottish Water Chief Operating Officer, said, We are delighted we can make a backdated in-year award of 8% payable in December, following a ballot of joint trade union members, which resulted in agreement from the workforce. This has only been made possible by retaining the connection of the pay award to modernising our award foundations, which gives us the ability to go beyond the level of award permissible under the public sector pay strategy. We are fully committed to working with our unions to ensure our reviewed pay and grading structure is in place by March 2024. This article was by Morgan Carmichael. This is from the Glasgow Times on the 6th of December 2023 from the news section and the headline reads Women arrested and charged in connection with alleged Glasgow crash. This article is by Morgan Carmichael. A woman has been arrested following an alleged car crash in Glasgow yesterday. 999 Cruise allegedly raced to Bilsland Drive at around 2.45pm after two cars collided on the North Glasgow Street. A 29-year-old has now been arrested and charged in connection with road traffic offences following the alleged incident. She will appear in court at a later date. A Police Scotland spokesperson said, Around 2.45pm on Tuesday, December 5th, police were called to the Bilsland Drive area of Glasgow following a report of a two-car crash. Emergency services attended and the road was cleared around 4.20pm. A 29-year-old woman was arrested and charged in connection with road traffic offences. She is expected to appear at court at a later date. This article was by Morgan Carmichael. This is from the Glasgow Times on Wednesday the 6th of December 2023 from the Lifestyle section. Young Glasgow musicians perform on stage with RSNO. This article is written by Nicole Mitchell. Young people from a music and social change programme have taken part in a unique concert alongside the world-renowned Royal Scottish National Orchestra. R-S-N-O. A total of 86 young musicians and singers from Big Noise Governhill performed alongside the orchestra at Glasgow's Royal Concert Hall on Saturday, December the 2nd, with concertgoers being treated to a special rendition of original track We Make a Big Noise. The song was written as a collaboration between song leader Penny Stone, award-winning composer Shona Etkin, and the Young Musicians, and was performed by the Joint Symphony Orchestra and Big Noise Governhill Choir. The lyrics of the piece came from the programme's participants and incorporate lyrics written in languages including Turkish, Hindi and Urdu. In March, 
Miss Stone was invited to lead a music composition workshop with the Big Strings Orchestra at Big Noise Govanhill, with the aim of helping the group explore their creative side and translate it into lyrics, melody and rhythm, which reflect the rich cultural diversity of Govanhill. Andy Stevenson, RSNO Director of Learning and Engagement, said, Our partnership with Sistema Scotland's Big Noise Centres is an integral part of how the RSNO engages with communities across Scotland. Welcoming the young people of Big Noise to the stage, alongside our musicians and artists, is an exciting experience for everyone involved. Happy 10th anniversary, Big Noise Govanhill, from all at the RSNO. We wish them many more years of bringing music to the young people of Govanhill. Big Noise is a high-quality music education and social change programme, where the symphony orchestra becomes a community which supports children and young people gain vital life skills, such as confidence, resilience, creativity and aspiration. It is delivered by the charity Sistema Scotland. David Munn, Sistema Scotland's Director of Music and Curriculum, added, The brilliant collaboration between Big Noise and RSNO was perfectly on show tonight in the performance of We Make a Big Noise, written in part by our fantastic young musicians themselves. Everyone at Sistema Scotland is immensely proud of all our young people from Govan Hill that took to the stage tonight. Tonight's performance not only highlights the dedication of the orchestra in inspiring the next generation of young musicians, but also underlines the transformative impact of big noise in nurturing confidence, resilience and creativity in our communities. That article was written by Nicole Mitchell. That concludes this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Tune Review and to tell your friends about our service.